We continue the conversation on the talking point. Last week, we looked at the state of infrastructure in the Northwest after concerns were raised by various organizations, school governing bodies, and the Human Rights Commission about the state of infrastructure in that problem. Joining us for the conversation today, Shela Maguela is the Acting Chief Director, Infrastructure in the Department of Education in the Northwest. Mr. Maguela, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. I'm not sure whether it's my phone or it's you. You are a bit uh, soft. All right, I'm not sure what it could be, but hopefully okay, it'll I, I, get... I can hear you now. All right, hopefully it, get, it gets better. Gileburile Asagaye is the chairperson of the school governing body for Rabudidiwe uh, High School. Good morning, Gileburile. Morning, man. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for making time uh, to be part of this conversation. And of course, Siekeng Lihihi is an SABC journalist who's out in the Northwest, and uh, she's been tracking some of the developments there. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Yes. I think let me begin perhaps with you, Siekeng, just to give us a, a picture of what is happening at schools in the Northwest, because uh, given the multiple reports that have been in the media and the conversations that we have had, uh, even as, as a platform, there has been a statement issued by the Department of Education in the Northwest. This was last week. Uh, this was on the, sorry, not last week. It was on the 21st of, of April, and which is today. Um, and, and that particular statement effectively seeking to address what it says um, is, 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 is to dispel reports circulating in media that um, schools, public schools are in a dire state. Effectively, it's refuting that these reports saying that uh, schools are in a dire state. So let's begin the conversation by you, uh, Sietling, giving us a sense of what you have been able to see out in different communities. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Kathy. We understand that since the initiation of the Human Rights Commission inquiry into the state of infrastructure, particularly public school infrastructure in the province, they actually pointed to us that the number of complaints that have come in uh, date as far back as 2019. When we first attended the sessions of the Human Rights Commission with presentations from the school governing bodies, as well as uh, the teachers' unions that were present, we were enlightened to schools that had dire infrastructure challenges from cracked walls to um, limited space, overcrowding in the schools, to you know, uh, inadequate sanitation and water provision. But it was quite concerning when we heard the responses from the Department of Education. The department actually also confirmed that the number, in fact, of uh, reports or complaints that they had received that are related to infrastructure was, in fact, about um, uh, 640 complaints that they had received in their offices. And they actually presented to the department or to the um, Human Rights Commission 
that uh, they are struggling to deal with these infrastructure uh, backlogs because of the limited budget that they received. We understand that they also conceded to the fact that while we were enlightened to two problem uh, areas or schools in terms of the asbestos exposure, and we all know that asbestos leads to asbestosis, which is a chronic uh, condition which uh, is actually carcinogenic, causing cancer. So we understand that in the province, the Northwest, we've got over 108 or over 100 schools, specifically 108 schools that need the department's intervention there. So it is quite concerning that at this point, after the department itself had made this presentation to the Human Rights Commission, that currently they would uh, 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 um, present a statement that refutes their own statements. When we look at the key challenges that are being raised about the state of infrastructure setting, uh, what are we looking at here? The specific challenges in terms of infrastructure that we have received from the SGBs and the unions that were present there speak to not just the dilapidation of the schools themselves, but the issues that come around through that dilapidation, meaning that the department would, uh, is investing quite significantly in the uh, uh, purchasing of uh, mobile classrooms. They've also, when we speak, for example, taking the Kahole Primary School, which is just about 60 kilometers from Mafike, they've bemoaned the state of uh, sanitation there, saying that quite a number of learners in that school have to share a, a limited number of um, VIP toilets for a lack of a better word. Many people have also cried foul about the presence of these VIP toilets, as some of them have a pit uh, kind of uh, setup. We understood from the presentations given by the department that, yes, they do offer dry and wet sanitation there, but they conceded to the fact that uh, those uh, uh, um, dry sanitation and wet sanitation in the form of VIP toilets do have pits, but they've made them constructed in a way that they uh, do not pose a threat to um, learners using uh, uh, these uh, facilities. We've also understood from the presentation given by um, the schools in forms of the SGBs that the availability of water is also a great concern. Remember that uh, this province particularly has a challenge with water, and this has left uh, the schools at the, um, you know, at the back end in terms of water availability. If we're also going to speak about um, a school particularly such as, um, I'm just going through my notes, if you'll give me an opportunity. Sure, no, no problem. Called, um, for instance, Setsuarelopeli. Setsuarelopeli has also reported quite a number of challenges there and their reliance on um, mobile classrooms. We've also we've spoken about the asbestosis. A specific example would be Promosa, where the SGB there also spoke about their concern. Um, the department promised that uh, the schools that have asbestos fixtures would be cordoned off. But currently, it seems that that cordoning off of that uh, fixture has actually fallen off and left the school, the learners, the teachers exposed to asbestos. We understand that there's also a special school uh, in the Rustenburg area. I'm trying to just get its name. It's Rorisang Special School. 
that school was designed for learners living with disabilities. It is um, said to have quite a limited number of learners, but from the reports that we've received, the um, number of learners there is over 170, uh, and they rely largely on just four classrooms. So the overcrowding there at that school has created quite a dire situation. And we understand that currently now with the transport challenges that the school has had, there's been quite a number of challenges getting the, school, the learners to school. Now, but so, 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 sorry, uh, did you say that there are over 100 learners that are being taught in, in just four classrooms? Uh, what, what Are they different grades of learners or are they all in the same grade? I would understand that in the school it's different grade of learners and the complete number of them is 170. From the presentations that were made to the Human Rights Commission, it, it appears that these 170 learners rely on four classrooms. So it is... But how does that even work? Because exactly obviously learners have to have different subjects and... Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Exactly why you've got the department here to answer these questions, Kathy. All right. All right, Setling, thanks for that. Let me bring on Gileborile Asagaye, who is the chairperson of the school governing body for uh, Rabudidiwe High School. Um, Gileborile, give, give us a picture of what's happening at your high school. Uh, my name is Gileborile Patient Asagaye, SGB chairperson of Rabudidiwe high school at town area. The problem of my of us is that at school at in 2020 on the 16th of March, they, they come the, the 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 Department of Education bring the the contractor to renovate the school. So since since then the renovation is not done until this year 2022. So my 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 problem is that the, the electricity Tables are on the on the floor. The classrooms are not done. The toilets are not done. We the the windows are broken. We don't have enough space for the children. We have uh, 454 learners at the school. We have the problem of the classrooms. So we don't know what's going on at the Department of Education. On the in, on the 16th of, 8th of of March, we were there at. Uh, Department of Education at Karoma. They, we give them letters for seven days to answer us what's going on. They didn't respond. Till today, they, they, they never respond to us. So okay. that's why we are going to the media to help us. Maybe mm. we'll get something to help us. I'm going to ask you to pause it there. It's 10.30. Let me head over to Anne Musa on the news desk and we'll then get the response from the education department. I also have on the line the spokesperson for the Northwest Education Department. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're looking at the infrastructure challenges facing Northwest schools. You've heard the context provided by our reporter, Sintleng Lihihi, 
who's out in the northwest Gilebogile Asegai who is one of the who's the chairperson rather of a school governing body in one of the high schools in the northwest saying uh, talking about their own challenge at their school now Shela Magwela is the acting chief director infrastructure at the department of education Mr Magwela good morning again to you Firstly, just, I mean, your response to some of the issues uh, that have been raised so far in in this interview and why it is that the Northwest seemingly is having these challenges of infrastructure at its schools. Thank you, Kathy. Um, if you allow me, I'd like to give a perspective and then, then um, go on to, the, to, to respond to the issues that are raised. In, in terms of Northwest, in terms of education portfolio, we have 1,596 schools, and, and this number is inclusive of 32 special schools, uh, 30 resource centers, and 63 uh, independent schools, which leaves the number of actual schools to 1,471. These schools are categorized into three groups. We've got a group that we call a group A. We've got 80, 81 of these schools, which is 60% of the schools that are actually uh, not older than, than 10 years. So you can accept that those schools are, are accept, accessible and are, they are actually in good conditions. And uh, the only thing that we have to do on those schools is uh, your routine maintenance. Then we have what we call group B, which is 918 schools, which contribute 65%. These are schools that we are deemed as uh, acceptable according to Guillermo. However, these are schools that require routine maintenance uh, and, 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 and repairs. Then the last category, and, and Katie, I think this is a category where we have a challenge, and this is the category where most of the visit might have happened, which is category C which are the schools that we deem unsuitable based on the norms and standards and also based on the AMA. We have 414 schools, which is contribute 29% of the population of our schools. And of the 414, we have around 214 schools that are called micro or new school, uh, small schools that are not really viable uh, as, as a school. The learners they are way, way less than a medium school, which is uh, 300. Uh, I think one school that we visited a week ago uh, had only 28 learners. And you can imagine how expensive it is to run uh, such schools. And, and most of our intervention in, in terms of uh, uh, the budget that we have is actually focusing on that group, on the group C. The intervention that we're doing on, on, on that group of 414 is we are actually moving towards mega schools. Mega schools is within an area or within a certain uh, 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 area. Uh, small schools are closed and learners are taken to a mega school. The mega school is a huge, it's a huge school, it's a big school according to our definition with over 24 classrooms with the hostels where learners would be uh, staying at schools and go home when, when there's a need for them to go home. And then we will be closing, or we are closing down those schools that are not uh, uh, viable uh, as, uh, as, 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 as schools. However, because the pro 
pro- the program is, is a bit long. We're estimating three years to complete that. Those small schools are provided with the, the temporary reprieve um, uh, uh, in terms of mobiles and also in terms of very, very minor uh, maintenance in terms of, uh, of, uh, of intervention so that, uh, you know, the school uh, learners can continue receiving education in, in, in that schools. That, that, that uh, I was just trying to give a summary in terms of the, 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 where we stand in terms of our schools uh, in the, in, in the North, Northwest. Um, going into the questions that the, the colleagues have posted, um, uh, dilap- the, the journalists spoke about the dilapidated schools, uh, sanitation, and availability of water, because if, if I start with the easy ones, maybe the, 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 the water availability. Remember, the responsibility of providing water is a responsibility of water and sanitation through municipality at that level. However, as education for us, for education to continue, we are augmenting in areas where there's challenges. And, and as you mentioned yourself, that we have challenges in terms of uh, water in our country. We are drilling boreholes, and we've drilled boreholes in most of our schools, if, if not all where there's challenges. I know we have air challenges in areas of Rato, in Yakamudiri Mulema, where we've been trying to drill water. Unfortunately, we cannot find water underground. Where we did find water, the boreholes have run dry. We have challenges in the area of Bujanala, particularly Moose Kotan, where we also uh, uh, could not find underground water. However, the schools are not left alone. Municipalities are assisting us with tracking water uh, to those schools. And I so, can so, confidently so, say... So, so currently, um, uh, Mr. Maguela, how many schools would you say do not have access to water? It will depend on how we understand access to water. If we're referring to them having a bulk running water, mm. or are we referring to them having uh, access to water? Because access to water to Africa. So, so, so outside of the water that is provided via tankers, let's talk about um, bulk water. Mr. Makwela? I am here, Kathy. Yes. So, so, so in terms of having water that is run by independent infrastructure that is available um, on the, the school premises? Kathy, on top of my head, I remember we were dealing with 26 schools uh, this financial year, which were having challenges mm. in terms of uh, uh, supply of water. Okay. And, and for, the, for, for, for the tankers that are provided by the municipality, uh, are you sure that that is taking place on a consistent basis? It, it is, uh, Kathy, um, and, and that, that is at the level of the school. Um, with my experience, I've, I've once worked for the municipality where the school would have an account with the municipality where they will be having schedules in terms of delivery of water uh, uh, on a on, on weekly basis. In fact, when, 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 when COVID started, um, we even had um, um, some committees which was composed by municipality, uh, district level, and even at the school level, where issues of water were discussed, issues of delivery of water, where there were challenges. Those challenges were 
immediately resolved um, between the schools and, and, and the municipality. However, it is at the level of uh, basic service, and it is at the level of uh, uh, school SGBs and the principals and the, and, and the municipality. And the other infrastructure issues and questions that have been raised, I mean, you, you, a school yeah. where, you know, learners, that, that, that is for special needs children, having only four classrooms but 170 learners? Kathy, I've made a big question mark on, on that one, and I, 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 I would like to come back to it because I really might have to find more information. However, there was also an issue of, of sanitation that was also raised. And I, I, I want to categorically uh, uh, state Kathy, that in the Northwest we do no longer have um, a pit uh, toilet. Um, the only pit toilets that are still standing in our schools are those ones where we have provided them with uh, proper sanitation. However, we've been having challenges with particularly the communities and the SGBs in terms of demolishing those uh, 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 pit uh, uh, latrines. Those were built by the communities, and communities are still insisting that those are their pit latrines. However, there have been a memo that went to all the communities to say, we will demolish those, um, uh, uh, those, those because should anything happen, that becomes a responsibility of, um, uh, of, of the department. So the, the confusion that is there, especially in terms of sanitation, especially in those areas that have general water um, uh, uh, challenges, is we cannot provide them, and our community understands proper sanitation as um, uh, uh, the one that is having uh, running water uh, or waterborne uh, toilet. However, there are areas, especially like areas that I mentioned, especially areas in, in deep rural, uh, where there's water challenges, where we're providing them with either Enviroloo or your, your, your VIPs, uh, which are mainly dry sanitation, that always when, when we get complaints that it is a, a traditional pit latrines, but when we get there, you, you find it is either in Vairolu or it is your general VIP, which is an acceptable form of uh, dry sanitation uh, approved by both uh, water and, and, and sanitation. So there's always that confusion. But I can say that we do not have pit lacrins uh, uh, in, in, in our province. And the, the, the question that was raised by Gile about one school, uh, her school, Rabudidiwe, that has been under renovations for the last two years. And I've seen pictures of the school. I mean, those electricity cables are very, very dangerous in the way that they're just lying around. And learners are expected to still go to school in that kind of environment. You have cables hanging everywhere. I I I I uh, I I must accept that the the the, the school governing body uh, did come to my office, um, I think two weeks ago to come and complain, and I've also made a commitment. In fact, I was talking to one of the the school governing body this week uh, with a commitment that I will be visiting uh, personally with a team of engineers from. Uh, corporate to go and actually assess what is the condition. But what I know on top of my head, uh, uh, Kathy, is that 
renovation started, I think, in 2019 or 20, uh, 2019, 1920. And I, I'm aware that the sitting at 80% is incomplete. I'm also aware that what is still outstanding there is the carport, the toilet, and the rubble, and the pavement that still have to be um, uh, uh, cleared. I've also instructed the district at the district level that the contractor must be put on terms uh, so that um, we, we're able to replace him in case he can no longer, um, uh, he's unable to, to, to complete it. Work, but, work. but why didn't I, you I, respond to the community? Why did, not the community, to the school governing body? Because the chairperson says since they delivered this memorandum to you, there was no response at all from the education department. No, the, the, it, was, it was not a memorandum. The, the SGV came to my offices. Uh, I remember that day we had a meeting because they, uh, I was not there. Uh, they never had an appointment. And I requested them to say, we will be coming. Uh, to, I will be coming to do assessments in those schools, and I will be able to respond and see how we intervene uh, from our office on, or to, to do those challenges. I, I think one of the things that led us down um, uh, in that area is perhaps maybe our processes, because I think the contractor was appointed for two projects, and unfortunately this was the outcome of, of, the, of, 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 of a regulated process. But he was allocated at the same time two schools, um, uh, Majeng and Habubidiwi. And I think he might have had a challenge in terms of uh, capacity. But he was um, paid, wasn't he? He was paid for the work done, not for... At both for, schools? Uh, at, at both schools. Once you've completed what you have to do um, on a part payment basis, you get paid for that work. So that you have cash flow to continue with your work. Yes, he was paid, but he didn't deliver. He, he was paid for the work that he has done. He is being slow uh, in terms of performance on the site. And I, I have to concede to that, but that's why we are in the process of interviewing. All right. I'm going to, uh, I know that uh, Sintling has to leave soon, but Sintling, before you go, maybe you just want to have a word in, and then I'll also allow Kileborile to to. to to, to, to also add what she wants to following uh, the response of Mr. Maguela. Very much, Kathy. Uh, just to provide Mr. Maguela with a bit of clarity, the school I was referring to that has over 100 learners, depending on four schools, is called Rorisan Special School. Sir. Um, it is disappointing at this uh, angle because at the time that the department was giving its presentation to the Human Rights Commission, the department requested uh, additional time to uh, get the full details around the situation at the school. Mm. So it would be you know, worthwhile to get a response regarding this, particularly because this school is for learners living with uh, learning or having severe learning disabilities. Um, I think what is also interesting for us to follow up is that um, the department also made uh, a notice to us that a moratorium had been reached that um, the utilization of uh, mobile classrooms would be discontinued from uh, this new uh, financial year. But what is concerning is that the department will also have the ability to write um, to national 
to get budget for these uh, mobile classrooms. Uh, I just think that there needs to be a clear commitment about the uh, discontinuing of mobile classrooms as we've heard many complaints from SGBs, learners alike, that they are really not conducive mm. for the learning environment that we're seeing. Um, we understand the challenges we have in terms of water, but uh, there needs to be a greater um, commitment because we know that water tankering is not the most reliable. If the communities complain, it is easy to imagine the challenges faced by the schools there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sintling, let me thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Sintling Lihihi is our journalist out in the Northwest. We'll continue with Geleborile Asagai and um, Shela Maguelo. All right, let me go to Gileborile. Uh, Gileborile, let me give you a chance to uh, weigh in in terms of the response that was given by Mr. Maguela. Uh, hello again, Kathy. Yes. I don't, I didn't, I don't disagree with Mr. Maguela. Mm. My problem is the Department of Education. Yes, he's taking the truth. We are there giving a letter for seven days. He didn't respond. So many times, for so many years, we write a letter to the, to the Department of Education to help us. They didn't respond. That's why we are going for further, take another step. Maybe they will help us when we, we, we say something. The problem of, of, of me, the SGB chairperson, all the learners, all the teachers, when others are getting hurt, it's my problem. Their parents, they are going to ask me why you are sitting like this things. They didn't tell the, the Department of Education the school is not done. Also, the carport, it's a, it's a risk. When the wind is coming, they will come and blow that, that, that corrugated iron. Why, 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 why is the learners that, that time? Also I, at the toilet. Mm. Also at the toilet. There is no riding of water. I sent another picture of the toilet yesterday. I I I I looked for some, uh, for some some two guys to help us at the toilet. The water are leaking. We can't uh, the the learners go to the toilet. It's not healthy. Uh, are you aware of of the commitment that was made by Mr. Maguela to come to the school? Mr. Maguela, uh, uh, he didn't come to school. Yes, but, but... He didn't visit the school. But he says that he's promised to come to the school. Do you know about that? I don't know. Mm. It's the first I time you're hearing about it. I didn't get the information. Mm. And I... I yes, Kathy, uh, I'm also the chairperson of the community member as a forum okay. committee. Mm. I was with him. You want to say something as a community. Okay, all right. You can give him the phone. Hello, ma'am. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. Just introduce I'm yourself good. for us, sir. Sir, ma'am. My name is Mpumene uh, Lobikwa. Mm. I've been listening to this conversation uh, with Mr. Makwela. Uh, whatever Mr. Makwela has been saying is that uh, our problem with uh, the school is that uh, the, the, the school, the principal and the SGB, they've been writing letters to Mr. Maguela for the past two years. Mm. 
and Mr. Makwela never responded. Even last month when we went to the Department of Education in Masijeng, we went there, we, we, we found that he was in the meeting and he gave us another guy to attend to us. The letter that we wrote, we explained everything, we even showed them the pictures that we are not happy about the, 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 the school according to the way it is. Because it is very dangerous for, for the learners to jump the cables on daily basis attending on the classes. Mm. And the, the students are cramped in classes because the other classes are not yet finished. And the windows also are broken. When the wind is blowing, the teachers are finding it very difficult to teach. You see. So Mr. Makwela, we are requesting Mr. Makwela to come down to help us with this problem because of the contractor. He just left everything like that, terrible like that. Even me myself, I can't attend to such a class. Mr. Tikwa, <laughs> what we've been told about the contractor is that he is slow. Are you saying he's left completely? There is nothing that is complete, man. The job that is done, there is half done. And it's very dangerous. Even in the pictures, you can see, even by yourself, that those pictures are showing everything that is terrible at our school. Even there is no water. There is no water even at school. I'm wondering how the kids and the teachers are surviving on daily basis without running water. Mm. Yeah. And are you saying that the contractor has stopped work altogether, or he stopped? Yes, yeah. he did stop work altogether. He didn't finish nothing, that guy. He just, he just left everything like that. When did he leave? Pardon? When did he leave? When did he leave? Mm. Last year. Okay. So, Last so, year. So, so that's why we are yeah. so much... That's why we are so much concerned, ma'am. We, we took this thing to, to, to the media so that maybe if the media can intervene, maybe Mr. Makwela can do something. Because we, the, the principal gave us the report of all the letters that they, he's been writing to the district, to, to, the, to, to everywhere. So they never responded. That's why we, we, we came to the rescue of advising that, you know, why can't we go to the media? Maybe to the media, maybe that's when they can respond to us and take us to consideration and think about uh, the, the situation at our school. Mm. All right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Dikwa, thank you so much for your contribution. Let me give Mr. Thank Maguela an opportunity to come on. Um, again, Mr. Maguela, of course, the picture that is emerging is that y- your department has effectively, you know, not been responding um, to, to the challenges being raised by schools. And, and by your own acknowledgement, you have at least 414 schools that need assistance. Of course, the figure of complaints before the Human Rights Commission is different. It's 640 schools that are complaining about the state of the infrastructure. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jess. I, I, and I acknowledge the frustration from Habib uh, in, in terms of the performance of a contractor on site. Uh, I think one, one of the things that will have to do very well at the department is also to teach them the, the, or to make aware the SGB of their, their responsibilities as far as, as school maintenance is, is concerned. I mean, if, bro- if windows are broken, uh, toilets are leaking, it is still the responsibility of the SGB uh, to, to fix those because they are allocated funds to do those minor uh, maintenance. When the window is broken, uh, the SGB and the school are supposed to repair this. They have funds to, to do that. I, I, 
my, my complaint always when I visit the schools, especially see the state of uh, sanitation in all of our schools, I get worried because sanitation, especially waterborne, use mechanical um, uh, component, when, and, and it just doesn't start by being dysfunctional. You start by seeing a water leakage. You do not repair it. Something else follows. You do not repair until that sanitation is at a state of disrepair, where now we have to come up from there to come and intervene on things that are supposed to be responsible. That, that's that's for, fair enough, Mr. Maguela. Um, on general maintenance issues that schools must be undertaking themselves. But the, 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 the big question that is being raised here is, is bigger than that because you have a school that has been effectively partly under construction, incomplete, a contractor that has absconded, and the school not getting any response from your office after receiving letters for close on two years. And today you come on the radio and you say, well, you're planning a visit to that school. But these, this community has been waiting to hear from you for at least the last two years. I don't want to think of this. We've been interventions that have failed. And that's what I said. I, I, I do not want to have a, uh, that much of a dialogue. The, the first intervention that happened it was, I think, last year when it was first brought to our fore. I took out a team of works inspectors, both from the, the, the province and the district. They went to the school. They had a meeting with both two schools and the contractor was back on site uh, uh, to proceed with, uh, with, with, with the works uh, on site. The second time is when I got a report again from the team that came to my office. And rightfully so, they indicated that I, I gave them somebody to work with because I was on the meeting that day. And I made a commitment uh, to go and, and, and intervene. And I'm still on my way, even yesterday when I left. I got my team to arrange a meeting to go to both schools uh, um, uh, next week, either on Monday or Tuesday, and they would confirm to me with what is the thing. It's, it's, um, just, it's just one school of at least 414 by the department's own numbers that needs intervention. When are you going to be able to reach the other schools? When... Yeah, I, Kathy, I, I indicated that of the 414, 200 are actually micro or small schools that at the current moment, those, those schools are going to be closed. They're going to form part of uh, the mega schools that some we've started building. And I also indicated that we've provided a temporary reprieve in terms of mobiles because we cannot spend money, a huge sum of money on those schools. What we can do on those ones that we can still do very minor repair, we repair those. But those that are at the point where we cannot do minor repairs, we are actually providing them a, a, a reprieve. It's not like we're not doing uh, anything on that. And in terms of those mega farm, farm schools, we've started building a mega farm school in, in, in the eastern side of, of, of the province in, in Moritile Tulare, which will close some of the small schools there that will be attending there. We have started with the process of a race near building of KK, where we will be closing smaller schools that will be going, uh, uh, will be matched and will be at race near building. All right. We are repairing Lich Ferdinand, uh, 
but we can also through some of the schools around uh, so that uh, we get rid of those small schools. Mr. Makwele? We're yes, going to yes, have yes. to leave it there. Unfortunately, we're completely out of time uh, for this conversation. Shela Makwela is the Acting Chief Director Infrastructure at the Department of Education, also part of the conversation, Gilebrile Asagai, who is Chairperson of the School Governing Body for Rabudi Diwi High School. And you heard from our reporter there, Sintleng Lihihi, who is out in the Northwest. It's just after 11 o'clock.